Welcome to Mind Speak. I'm your host, Holly Higgins, a hypnotherapist and holistic mental health nerd. And I'm here to help you use the power of your mind to become happier, healthier, and more of who you really are. Let's dive in. Hello. Can you hear the soft pitter-patter of the rain on my roof? There's no way I'm going to edit that out. It's, it's going to be impossible, so you're just going to have to enjoy the soft pitter-patter of the rain on the roof. And with every drop that falls, you are becoming more and more relaxed, more and more at ease. Oh, wait, I'm not in a hypnosis session. I'm recording my podcast. Sorry, I got mixed up there. (laughs) Happy Tuesday. Happy whatever day you are listening. Today, I want to talk about affirmations. I was thinking about this, and I feel like affirmations are like the pizza or the Pringles (laughs) of the self-help world. They are ubiquitous. They are everywhere. You've probably tried pizza or Pringles in your lifetime, and you've probably tried affirmations in your lifetime. Everyone knows a good affirmation, right? I am powerful. I am strong. I'm going to make a million bajillion dollars. I am attracting the love of my life. I am unstoppable. Insert your flavor of self-praise and self-validation here. I want to know, what has your experience been with affirmations? You and I can just have a little conversation right now, an imaginary conversation. I want you to take a minute and think about it, and then I want you to tell me, like, talk out loud to me in your car or in your sad work-from-home cubicle, (laughs) hashtag 2020, and tell me, what has your experience with affirmations been? Life-changing? Disappointing? Mildly uncomfortable? Highly effective? For me, until I really learned how to hack affirmations and get them to work in a way that works very, very well for me, affirmations always felt sort of crash and burn. And what I mean by that is I would read something and I would get really excited about affirmations. So I would read a Louise Hay thing or, you know, some other self-help thing. And I would get really excited about this idea of affirmations and the power of positive thought and using words and intentions and statements to deliberately direct and shape my life. So I'd get all gung-ho and I'd write it all over post-it notes and my mirror and be like, this is my focus statement. This is what I am embodying. I am powerful. I am this. I am that. Whatever. I'd pick a statement. I'd go hard. And then it would kind of fizzle out over a few days. A lot of times I would just fall out of the habit or the routine. I'd get kind of bored with the statement and then I'd forget for a couple days. And then before you know it, I'd fallen off of the affirmation wagon. But more often than not, what happened with me and what happens to a lot of people is I would notice that 
I was feeling a lot of resistance to the statement or the affirmation. So even though I was consciously affirming this thing to myself multiple times a day, I started noticing resistance to it, noticing my brain telling me, well, that's not possible, or that's far-fetched, or that's not going to happen, or no, actually, you don't feel powerful and amazing and capable. You kind of feel like a fresh pile of crap. So why are you lying to yourself? (laughs) Any of this sound familiar to you? (laughs) So whether you've had a hard time with affirmations, whether you've given up on affirmations, whether you're on the fence about affirmations, I hope that by the end of this episode, you walk away with some tangible tools to make affirmations work for you a little bit better because they are a very powerful tool. They're an extremely powerful tool. I use them every single day, but I found some little tools, some little workarounds that have helped me on my journey. And my hope is that they will help you on your journey too. The very first thing I want to chat about is the primary reason that so many of us have resistance to affirmations. And to do that, I want to use a really cheesy analogy. Are you down for a cheesy analogy? If you're listening to this podcast, you totally are. (laughs) So I want you to imagine a balloon. And shocker, you're the balloon. Could you see this coming? (laughs) So I want you to imagine that you are the balloon, and you're floating in midair. Okay, you're not down toward the ground. You're not way up in the sky. You're a balloon floating in midair. And the goal of affirmations are to get you to rise a little higher. The goal is you're the balloon. You say the affirmation. You rise. You float a little higher. Your self-perception, your mood, everything about you just lifts and lifts and lifts. And the idea is, if I can say this affirmation to myself enough times, my balloon is going to rise, damn it. That's kind of how we all approach affirmations is, if I can just cram this amazing stuff into my brain, my balloon will surely rise. This is the logic. So here you are, this mighty balloon I am powerful, I am strong, I am attracting a rays. I am the most amazing balloon on the planet. And you're looking up at the sky and you're like, why am I not rising? Why am I staying put? Why am I feeling so deflated? This doesn't feel good at all. I am strong, I am powerful, I am enough. I feel so tired. Oh, little balloon, I want you to look down at the ground. Your string is tied to a cinder block. How are you going to float up in the air when your string is tied to a cinder block? Balloon, you are not going anywhere. You can fill yourself with all the helium, all the positive words, all of the powerful affirmations, and balloon, you're still tied to a cinder block. We've got to do something about this cinder block. You cannot rise by helium alone. You must untie the weights that bind you. 
I'm going to need a t-shirt of that stat with like a sad little cartoon balloon. Can somebody please do that for me? <laughs> also now, it's not only raining, but my cat is snoring and I can't kick him out because I'm, he's my master. So <laughs> if you hear this adorable little, <laughs> oh, there it is. <laughs> That's just my cat snoring in the background. No big deal. So you're thinking, okay, Holly, this cinder blocks thing, it's making sense. I cannot float my balloon if I'm tied to metaphorical cinder blocks. How do I get rid of my metaphorical cinder blocks? And what are metaphorical cinder blocks anyway? Well, your metaphorical cinder blocks are comprised of all sorts of things. These cinder blocks can be trauma, limiting beliefs, that scared little child inside of you who definitely does not feel powerful, capable, amazing, who needs some tending, who needs some love, who needs some attention. Basically, the cinder blocks are everything that in the spiritual self-helpy world, we would call shadow work. So the stuff that is weighing you down, the stuff that is holding you back, the stuff is not all bad. So I don't want you to hear cinder blocks and shadows and for you to hear this and think, oh, bad, must cut away these blocks. Bad stuff, must get rid of it. It's all stuff to work through. It's all stuff to process. It's all stuff to integrate. It's all very, very critical to the process of healing and evolution. But when we try to ignore all that stuff or when we try to, here's another fancy term for you, when we try to spiritually bypass all of that stuff and just do positive thinking without looking at what are my cinder blocks? What are my shadows? What's the baggage holding me down? What are the unresolved pains I haven't looked at and I haven't addressed? And we just try to bypass all of that and do positive thought alone you're just going to turn into a really exhausted balloon. I hope all this is making sense. This is why I'm such a huge advocate of the approach that we take in RTT hypnotherapy, because it's very much operating on the principles of positive psychology and positive thinking. But we are also taking a very good look at those cinder blocks and helping you reframe and start to release those cinder blocks. So the process that I take people through in RTT is a very integrative process where we're not just trying to get the balloon to float up, but we are also gently untying and helping to release those cinder blocks. But RTT in hypnotherapy is just one of many tools I have in my tool bag. And even if you are unable to experience that or you are in a place where you are ready to experience that, there are several different tools that I use frequently that I'm going to pass along to you today. I think when it comes to affirmations, the biggest challenge we have is we try to do too much too soon too fast because we want the big shiny end result. Why would we wish for a toy race car when we can have a convertible? I want the big awesome thing. I don't want to feel P. 
peaceful and calm with myself, I want to have the confidence of a white tiger. So what happens when we go from zero to a hundred is that's what creates the resistance. That's what creates the doubt. That's what creates the disconnect where you're saying this affirmation to yourself and you're kind of silently thinking in the back of your mind, "Mm, this is some bull hunky. I don't really believe this. So one really helpful thing to do is to titrate, to take baby steps, to ladder your way up. And there are several different teachers I've studied who talked about this phenomenon. But one thing I want to highlight here is the emotional guidance scale. So if you are into Esther Hicks or Abraham, you've probably seen the emotional guidance scale. If you are into, oh, what's his name? It's eluding me. Uh, Dr. David Hawkins, he talks about the frequency scale in his book, Power Versus Force, where he talks about the different emotional frequency and resonance of certain emotions. Basically, the idea is, is on the very low end of the scale, down where those cinder blocks are, We have emotions like fear, shame, guilt, rage. And then at the high end of the spectrum, way up where that balloon floats away in the sky, we have emotions like love, joy, connection, exaltation, exuberance, peace, calm, those sorts of things. And if you study any of the teachers who talk about the emotional guidance scale, or you just listen to this podcast to get the cliff notes, which is a great thing to do. (laughs) If you study any of these teachers, they all talk about laddering your way up the scale, bit by bit, inch by inch, gaining momentum. One of the ways that this made the most sense to me as I was thinking back through my journey with depression. So back in 2012, I was diagnosed with a bajillion things. One of those things was major depression. And I was feeling at the bottom of the scale. So as I'm talking to you right now, I'm actually looking at the emotional guidance scale in front of me. And it is on page 297 of Ask and It Is Given, if you happen to have that book. So down at number 22, I was sitting squarely in depression and despair and powerlessness. I felt like a drained battery. I felt like I had nothing left to give myself, nothing left to give the world. I just felt like a completely drained, pointless, hopeless, dead battery. And so... At that point, it would have been impossible for me to jump the scale all the way up to joy and love and appreciation. That would have felt terrible. That would have felt like crap. And I definitely didn't do that. What I did naturally before I even knew about the concept of the emotional guidance scale, and this happens very naturally for us, even if you've never heard of the emotional guidance scale, you've probably had a natural experience of this before. 
What happened for me naturally when I was depressed is I naturally moved from depression, despair, and powerlessness bit by bit by bit up into the emotion of anger. Now, the difference between depression and despair, the difference between that and anger is that anger carries power. Anger is still negative. Anger still doesn't feel good necessarily, but anger carries agency. Anger carries power. Now, at the time, as I was moving through my healing journey, I was angry about the misinformation I had been given about depression and anxiety and my treatment path. I was angry that the only options I was given were medication and talk therapy. I was angry to learn that other choices were available to me and I was I was just really angry at the path I had chosen for myself and that I didn't know there was another path available to me. And so from that anger, which from the outside or to my friends, family, and loved ones probably didn't look very pretty, from that anger, I was able to generate power to then catapult me into different emotions and different experiences with anger I had agency with despair. I had no agency. And then over time, I was able to move up and up and up the scale. And today, my dominant vibration, the vibration that I carry most of the time, is generally one of peace and joy and love and fun and lightheartedness. That's where I'm sitting most of the time, which is a freaking miracle to 2012 Holly. (laughs) That's not to say that I don't have crappy days. I absolutely have crappy days. Earlier today, I was sitting in some mm, anger funk, pissiness. I don't know. I'm good now. So that brings me to another point. It's important to know that this balloon rising, this vibration shifting happens on both a micro and a macro level. The macro level is over time, your dominant vibration shifting, you can actually track your personality changing. That's the kind of stuff that takes years But on the micro level, you can look and you can track those day-to-day changes. How am I feeling today? How was I feeling two hours ago? Is this week going better than last week? So it happens on those more immediate day-to-day levels, but this work also happens in the long term. And that's when you can look back in your rearview mirror and go, holy moly, I have changed. And in the world of RTT, We call that retrospective change or rear view mirror change where you look back and you say, oh my gosh, I cannot believe that used to be me. So when it comes to the process of working your way up the emotional guidance scale, we can also call this laddering or baby stepping. There's a few different tools and a few different things you can keep in mind. So one of my favorite examples 
is around body acceptance and body confidence because a lot of us struggle in that area. We don't feel good about our bodies. We don't feel confident. We don't feel like we have it going on, but we'll start to work with affirmations and we'll be like, I love my body. I'm hot and sexy and fantastic or, (laughs) you know, whatever it is you're wanting to believe about yourself. I love how I look in the mirror, you know, whatever you're trying to tell yourself and that doesn't feel good, that makes you feel icky, squirmy. Sometimes you just have to start with more of a neutral statement. So I have a body. I am living in a body. I am in this body. And that might sound kind of anticlimactic, but it's a whole lot better than I hate my body. I feel disgusting. I can't believe I can't fit into those jeans anymore. The things that so many of us say to ourselves unconsciously day in and day out about our bodies. Sometimes we just have to notice we're saying something hateful to ourselves. Say cancel, cancel, cancel. I am not saying that to myself. I have a body. I am in this body. I inhabit this body. Whatever resonates for you, but just bringing it up from a place of hate to a place of neutrality. I have a body. So you can use that example and insert something else there. Maybe you are thinking your business is a disaster. My business is a disaster. My business is going nowhere. My business is terrible. Maybe you can just work with, I have a business. And if you're moving your way up the emotional guidance scale, that's probably going to feel better and more resonant and more true than, I have a wildly successful business. When three seconds ago, you were saying, my business is in the toilet. Just, Just bring it up to neutrality. I have a business. I have a body. So that's one of my favorite tricks, bringing your affirmation to a place of neutrality until you're ready to step it up a notch. And you'll know when you're ready to step it up a notch. The other trick I like, I like to call this the backdoor trick with affirmations. So if you are stretching yourself with an affirmation, pushing yourself to the next level, really wanting to try to embrace a belief or a feeling or a thought, but it still feels a little scary or a little icky, but you really want to work with it, I recommend adding something on to the beginning. And that thing that I recommend adding on is a simple phrase. And that phrase is, I am open to the idea that dot, 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 Insert your affirmation here. I am open to the idea that love is available to me. I am open to the idea that my body can change. I am open to the idea that my business can be a wild success. You see how that feels different? It's almost like peeking through the door, looking behind the curtain, 
there's like still that safety of the door or the curtain or that slight little barrier, but you're there, you're checking it out. You've got your eye on it. Okay, I'm open to the idea that love is available to me. I can handle that. That's cool. There's something about this little addition that tricks your brain. I've had a lot of success with it. Clients I've worked with have had success with it. And I think what it does is it brings a feeling of safety and it also kind of lets you off the hook and takes some of the pressure away. It's like, well, well, I didn't say that I believe that love is available to me. I said I believe that I'm open to the idea that love is available to me. It takes away some of the pressure, some of the urgency, some of the looking around of like, well, why hasn't this thing happened yet? Where is my Prince Charming? Where is my million dollars? <laughs> it It just lightens the urgency. It lightens the intensity. It brings a little frosting layer of safety to whatever it is that you're working with. So try that out. I am open to the idea that if you're feeling really brave, fill in the blank and tag me on Instagram. I am open to the idea that da 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 da, da. Tell me what you're filling in that blank with. I would love to know. If we're not pals on Instagram yet, you can come find me over at Holly Fisher Higgins. I will link it up in the show notes. To recap, if you felt weird about affirmations, you're not alone. Chances are you were trying to jump way too high up the emotional guidance scale, trying to climb too many rungs on that ladder. So remember, if you're struggling, bring it to neutrality and then work your way up from there. And remember the secret magic ninja phrase. I am open to the idea that fill in the blank. And with these tools in your back pocket, I hope you will give affirmations a shot again. We don't have to throw the baby out with the bathwater. They're still a great tool you might just need to change your approach with them a little bit. That's all I've got for you this week. If you're new to the show and you haven't left a rating and a review yet, that is the coolest, kindest, most generous thing you can do for me. And I really appreciate it. It really helps the show out. So to do that, head on over to Apple Music and leave me some nice stars and some kind words and then other people can find out about the show and then they can save themselves from terrible affirmations and the world will spin a little faster so if you can take a minute and do that I would super duper appreciate it and until next week go believe in you I do 